0: Episode one of culture and cannabis podcasts and i got my my guy my main dude over here next to me tony full time tony what's good what's good listen we're going to jump into this uh, you know this is everything marketing personal branding right cannabis culture all that stuff in Included in in all that stuff, so yeah, but more too. Yeah, and all, all that stuff. And, yeah. and listen, this is just episode one, so who knows where this is really yeah, going to go, right? The culture
1: and Cannabis Podcast.
0: That's what it is. That's what it is. We got we got our first guest here, Red X in the building. What's good, yes, brother? Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. What's up? What's up? Great to be here.
0: Appreciate y'all <laughs> yeah. for having me. Culture and Cannabis all day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what's going on, brother? How we doing? Man, just living life. I just literally just woke up recovering from last <laughs> night, <laughs> bro. I feel like I had so many edibles, like, just like you know, the thing is, like, you eat edibles and like you just eat them and like. We have now so many great chefs, so like them shits don't taste bad. So Mm -hmm. I was just eating, and then later on, I'm like, "Damn, I'm high." Hold (laughs) up, like, but it was great. It was a great time. So what what happened last night? Um, culture and cannabis. I got to perform. Um, we had a fashion show, bro. So it was it was just dope. It was wild. It was it was a dope ass night. It was a dope ass night. Shout
0: out to everybody that came out, man.
2: That's awesome.
0: It is, yeah. Downtown first Friday, right? We had about six hundred. Attendees, right? About 45 vendors. Yeah. Fashion show. I think like three bands. A couple DJs. Ooh, bro, that uh, shit the pop brothers yeah. at law was yeah. there, right? Yeah. Uh, Those guys. Stoner Rob, right? We, we learned great. the script, right? What to do yeah. when you get pulled over. Right.
1: I know that script very well now. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Damn, I missed yeah. out.
1: I ain't like, hear the script. Yeah, that's, you didn't hear the essentially, script. Essentially, it's just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> the the right. cops talk to you just to be quiet. Facts. That's yeah.
0: a good. That's a good that's thing. The I, Pop I Brothers need to learn that lesson. <laughs> well, listen, man. So, you know, re- regarding you know the culture in cannabis, I think you performed there with us uh, like three or four times. Yeah, man. I remember when um when y'all first started, like came to the
2: city, and I seen a flyer, and I was like, yeah, I gotta get in on that. I gotta perform. I gotta figure that out. So, um. As soon as I met you, we like that, happen. I was like, hell oh, yeah.
0: How did that happen? Somebody somebody connected us, yeah, right? Yeah, like- um, shout-outs to Brooksy. Brooksy. Yeah,
2: Brooksy at, at uh, Baked Goods or Candy Grills. He, he linked us up, bro. He, bro, he's the first one. He gave me one of those grills, like, immediately. He was like, yo, you got to check this out. And gave it to me, and I was in my mouth. He's like, yeah, that's infused, 100 milligrams. I was like, bro, I got a rap. Like, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> trying to get me high. Bro, I got a rap.
0: Yeah, we're, we're talking about Brooksy, right? He, yeah, you know, he, he, the Cana Chef Union, right? Yes, sir. He, 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 he sports the Gold Grills. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's then a,
1: he, that's a cool dude. I have never actually met him in person, but I've seen him all over. Bro, you gotta have
2: that's what's like that's him. Like he's such a character, such
0: a yeah. smiling like.
1: Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah.
2: Straight he's, he's such a hustler too.
1: I can feel his energy through Instagram. Uh, yeah. Facts. That's, yeah. that, that's <laughs> that type
0: of energy. And th- that's what I love about the cannabis industry as a whole, and and going through this experience of, of the culture and cannabis event is this – just so many people really trying to like you know get to that next level you know they're hustling right there's you know they're startups got their brands right and facts uh, and
2: everybody everybody love weed yo so it's dope like everybody everybody really like supports each other in the cannabis industry everybody's no no weird all. so it's like everybody wants to get it. everybody wants to have fun just smoke some weed yeah and
0: it's like we have all walks of life over there right literally everybody
2: bro like that's that's why i love performing because Like, when you do other shows, it'd be different type of people. It'd be the same type of people. But with with that show, Character and Cannibals is everybody. Mm Because everybody enjoy weed.
0: Right, right. I mean, it is. It's it's international, right? It's a a melting pot,
1: right? It is. That's the great part about weed.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had... I mean, I think we had... I mean, no disrespect, but like little old ladies in wheelchairs, we had we had we had old guys with, Yo, with walkers man. in the building, you yeah. know. And then we had young kids, and you know, every, a- every color across the board was in the in the building. It's a beautiful thing, you know. All yeah, right.
1: we will end racism, bro. Right? I if mean, everyone started smoking we, weed, it would be it would be over.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there'd be no racism, no none of that. Yeah. Everybody just high. Well, well,
0: what, everyone would be cool with each other. What is it about cannabis that does that, right? What What is it that has that yeah, effect? Anyway, you know? they got that.
2: That's what Cat Williams said. We got that chemical in it called fuck it. <laughs> and it just, it just once you smoke that shit, like you like, man, fuck everything. They, they, they finna turn the lights off on shit. I got some candles. i am waiting to in the light, like, shit, sure, you know, <laughs> just be ready to go. Like that's, that's the favorite thing about it. Like that's. So lately, I've been traveling a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I be high as hell when I'm traveling. And the reason I be high as hell is because as long as I have my vape pen, right? Because if I'm high and I got my headphones, I'm in my whole own world. no not matter where I'm at, you know. Like I could be in a thousand people room and i'm by myself so that shit is beautiful that's awesome yeah
1: that's good and i think i saw on your instagram you were in miami recently
2: bro uh, yeah i was um i went for art basel mm-hmm. or art Basel. i don't know how you say that you know i'm not famous but um <laughs> <laughs> i went and um first, it was beautiful first there was like so much art so much culture in miami but um a lot of cities like you never know how they're gonna react when i come out there because i just come out there to play buckets like They they going to hate me or they going to love me. Miami showed me mad love. I played in Miami for two days. I um, I didn't even have a place to stay, bro. I just went to Miami because tickets were – that's all. You know, I'd be flying Spirit. And, like, if you wake up, Spirit might have a 90% off sale. Right. So I think Spirit had, like, a 70-something percent off sale. And they wasn't letting me play out here. So I was like, man, I'm just going to Miami. I went to Miami, bro. I made $1,000 in two days. I I was like, j- 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 life is good, bro. I was like so I like uh, shout outs to Miami, so
0: shout out to Spirit too, right? Yeah, yeah. shout yeah. out I, to Spirit. They used too. to have that nine nine ninety nine club. Y'all remember really how the nine dollar club? Bro, I've gone everywhere and <laughs> some more on spirit. Like
2: everybody be talking shit, but I smoke weed, so I don't know the flight. So I mean I, I wake up and I'm there. Like yeah.
0: Well, let's dive into this a little bit. So, like, um, you know, you, you keep mentioning that, you, you know, you play on buckets or whatever. Yeah. What, what is that? What do you, yeah, you mean?
2: Okay, so I'm a rapper, of course, but um, the only job I've ever had is I'm a full-time street performer. So I I, I drum on, on buckets, like five-gallon buckets, came up as a bucket drummer. Um, I'm second generation. Like, my pops used to bucket drum in the subways in New York. Um, so that's, like, an art that either you pick it up and you love it or hate it. Like, no one can force that shit on you or nothing, but... When I picked it up, I was twelve. Like he, he taught me when I was little. Uh, then I moved. I'm from Vegas. So I moved out here. I never really drummed this shit. And then when I got to like, I want to say yeah, twelve. I remember complaining to my mom. I was like, Mama, I need a. M-. Like I said, I was hungry or something. And she said some ass. Like I'd be like, Mama, I'm hungry. She'd be like, Hi, Melissa. Like so, like <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like so, I, I want to say I asked my mom for some money or something. And She was like, Well, I don't know what you want me to do. Like you better find some buckets and hit. And she was playing. But nah, she was dead ass serious. So, like, the next thing I know, like, I'm on the strip uh, playing. And then I've been out there. I think the first day I made, like, $300. This is you at 12 years old? Yeah, 12 years old. What? what? Imagine that, bro. I went, I went out to play, play for, like, two, two, three, four hours on the strip, make $300. That was the end of anything. You couldn't tell me shit from that point on. I was like. I was like, hooked. Yeah, bro. Everybody everybody else was getting jobs and getting, like, $10 an hour. And I was like, bro, if 10 people pass me and I get $10, I'm pissed. So, like. Uh, from that point on, I played up until I played consecutively on the strip all through high school, um, until I turned twenty, and then to when I turned twenty, I'm twenty one now. Last year they shut that shit down. They don't want no street performers on the strip.
0: Right, right. I, a- I remember that, and I think this is like the essence of this of this podcast, right? Yeah. The, man. the true hustle, right? How it gets into people, how you kind of you know run with it and express yeah. express with it. Yeah. But but but. But let's talk about it, right? So I guess a couple years ago, they passed some laws in Las Vegas to where you had to get a a street performer
2: Um, permit. What what is that? Okay, so in Las Vegas, there's two places you can street perform. You can street perform on the Strip, and you can street perform um, on Fremont Street, right? So a lot of people don't know this, but the actual uh, Strip is not a part of the city of Las Vegas, and that's why I put them on blast because the first thing I did when I had an issue, like I went to the mayor. Like, hey, like, they're taking me to jail illegally. Like, is there something we can do about this? And she said, hey, because um, street performing, if for people who don't know, it's covered under our freedom of speech. It's one of our, like, we can, it goes into that. They've taken it to court. Um, so she was like, there's nothing I can do. The strip's not under my jurisdiction. So what they did is they allocated uh, places on Fremont for street performers. Um, and it's these little like circles, and they have like a bunch of rules you gotta follow
0: if you're gonna do it. It's literally a circle yeah, on the ground. Yeah, it's and you a have two to foot stand. circle. Okay. You
2: gotta stand in it, and it's like uh, they switch you off every two hours. Um, they they'll cut your like it. It's a cool system. It doesn't really work for street performing, though, because it it puts everybody against each other. It kind of, like, makes a competition. Now I have to compete with the guy that's right next to me, and um, it doesn't allow you to set your own schedule and the benefits of street performing. Street performing's not supposed to be a dead-end job, and that's what they see it as. They see it as, like, all these cats are... They see it as these dudes making a little bit of money, and that's it. Uh, But street performing is supposed to be a platform to take you to bigger, higher places, Mm -hmm. so we were able to... On this trip, we were able to pay, and people were buying cars and houses and doing... Bigger things and make investments, but on Fremont, you probably just work in to pay off a ticket that they gave you on Fremont. Honestly, <laughs> like it's it's, it's, it's just it's not a gospel out there. I think
0: they put it in the they kind of put it in the um, the same category as like panhandling, mm-hmm. right? When it when it's it's, it's nothing. Yeah, like we are pan not panhandlers. Not a they do that, and 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 that's something like so you You talked about. I was in Miami.
2: Miami used to have a law too, an anti panhandling law, and. Um, they ended up that doesn't work out, bro. I'm not a like I'm not a panhandler. We're not if, if any panhandler you know is making a thousand dollars in two days, let me know. Right. Like I <laughs> please. Like,
0: well I love how you framed it up. You know, it's it's freedom of expression, right? Yeah, you know man. And that's it's, 100%. It's
2: all it is. Like me, everybody, we're just out there playing our music. And if you rock with us, you give us some money. If you don't, don't like it's, so we're not asking for we literally wouldn't know I don't know any performers out there asking for anything. Everybody's just doing what they love. And um when you get to paid When you're able to get paid, do what you love, and I think everybody, like everybody, has something they love, and they should be able to get paid for it. Because when you do, it changes your whole mindset. You don't want to work for nobody else. You don't want to. You realize how valuable your time is, and that shit is dangerous. To to to, to everything they got set up, so you know how that goes. Very dangerous. Yeah, that's dangerous. Like very dangerous. Yeah, bro. I've been able to make like. Uh it's a it so I'm I'm just now figuring out about credit cards and all that shit because I've been able to function and get by and get the crib and all that completely off the books because yeah. it's
0: street for me. And then when I go somewhere they're like, Huh? <laughs> well, I
3: don't,
0: know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't exist to them. Shit. Right. You you're not part of the the program here, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. I I don't even ex I didn't that bro, that's I didn't I used to like I used to be mad paranoid. I didn't even used to like I mean I smoke mad weeds. I used to be mad paranoid. <laughs> I didn't even want to like you know, Apple got your little phone and shit. I didn't even want to like put my fingerprint on there until they took me to jail, bro. And then I was like, Fuck it.
0: They they got me. <laughs> <laughs> they got me.
2: I'm in the system.
0: That's crazy. So so like when they took you to jail, what was it? Like a trespassing uh trespassing or bro, what was so it? The last time I got taken to jail, right? So I'm playing
2: buckets on the bridge and um doing my thing like it's a beautiful day it's noon i just on got the out strip there. yeah on the strip so i just got out there my thing was i play from noon to four and the police come out at four thirty. so 40 then i can make like two three hundred dollars and i'm out um it's noon i set up and i'm playing i'm not thinking nothing of it i just start, and there's this like a family it's like two white guys kind of a little guy and he looks like a kid and then a, a woman right They look like clearly a family they're walking on the bridge they're rocking out they're jamming and they walk right up to me, right? and they all go in their pockets, like they're they're getting money out. I'm, whatever, I'm literally already thanking them for their money. And the cop, the, the first cop in front of me, he pulls out his pockets, a badge, puts it in my face, and he's like, "Got your ass, bro!" They immediately put me in cuffs, undercover cops. They put me in cuffs. They um they put me in this paddy wagon. They drove me up and down the strip for six hours. Like me and and uh, there's a kid that sells waters on the strip. He's like 13. Uh, two other cats they just drive us up and down up and down the strip in the back of this truck and then they take us to jail and then they leave us in jail till four in the morning the whole time I'm in jail people are like the, the sergeants what are you in here for i'm like drumming on the strip they laugh at me um then when i get out of jail i either have no charge they take all the money and everything but i have no charge or i have a charge for obstruction of the sidewalk and then yeah. when i go to court they just throw that shit away
0: that's crazy. So I'm you.
2: just like it's just, it's just a it's like a scare tactic yeah, for them. They, they don't want like, us out. It is for me. It's not work. I don't like being in jail. It's not a cool place. And like <laughs> so, I'm like fuck that. It's not. Nah, so just take it to the next level, like you said.
0: Yeah. I I think like and you know for people that don't know like right so you know the strip right it's just a bunch of tourists and there's all kinds of hustlers down there yeah. right and you, and you really do have like your your bad hustlers your panhandlers you know the people like peddling porn and stuff yes. like that and then you having like these these water operations no, right.
2: And, and that's why, but that's why, I like, I be so, I take it so to heart because I'm like, bro, he's selling crack right there. Like, right. you gonna take me to jail for, he's, you see him selling crack. That's how I feel like, like, there's literally on the strip, you'll, you'll find signs, of like, numbers that'll be like, you need some coke? Hit me. And then somebody really selling coke, but... I'm down there playing drug and buckets and they got a sting operation to get the blake that's weird. Yeah. And they they
0: do it like every two or three years they'll be like, "All right, we're going to go oh, clean up the strip." Oh, oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. just yeah. go sweep everybody. Yeah, out. I heard
2: I heard I could be wrong um cuz I'm not going back out there. I'm fuck that. Um <laughs> but I heard that they got they got performers that are back out there right now. And that's normally how it goes. In the beginning of the year, people get comfy, they go up, they go back out there, and then somewhere around like May, they just go hard and they just get everybody. And then Right. It's just tickets, bro, and it's like, like a three hundred dollar ticket for a street performer. When you take away like, and that's the part I don't get. So they don't want us on the strip, so they they give us Fremont Street. Fremont Street is anybody like money wise, the amount of money that's on the strip is literally like ten times more mm-hmm. than what's on Fremont Street. Um, so they want us to everybody on Fremont Street and they want everybody, but nobody's making no money on Fremont Street. And then on top of that, on Fremont, they still come by and, like, once a month write everybody the same tickets that they would write us on the strip, um, but now it's the city of Las Vegas. So a lot of the performers out there, they're just working to pay off tickets. They're not even working. Like, for them, that's wild to me. That is wild. That's bonkers, bro. I can't stand it. So That's crazy. It's almost ridiculous,
1: honestly. Yeah, it's, weird. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, it's just so crazy that you're trying to express an art form, and they're just like trying to. Yeah, like bro. The police
2: in- told me they said, "Yeah, we know this is wrong, but if you want to do something about it, they said go to the Supreme Court." And they laughed. What do I look like going to the Supreme Court, bro? It's I mean, been... it's,
1: it's not it's not impossible. It's, Th- you know? That's
2: what I'm starting to think. I just want to rap.
1: Yeah. But yeah.
2: They want me in the Supreme Court. I mean, if that's where. Yeah. It's not even like it's not even about me though, because like, like I'm blessed where I'm all lucky enough to have other talents and, and other things that I pursue and able to take things to the next level, but like. I know people that, that are out there. Like that's their job. That's their hustle. That's, I know they people that have lost their crib. They're not paying for stuff. Because all of a sudden street performing is there's their job and you go mm-hmm. take that away from them like yeah, it's, that's it's so, bullshit. Yeah, bro.
0: It's it's complete BS. So. What's it like in, in the, the subways, right?
2: Like uh, uh bro, they so but it's now. Now when I play in the subways, police are the nicest people in New York. They love you, um, they support you, they and playing like performing in subways, they love that shit now right but the only reason they're like that is because i'm 20 now so 20 years ago 21 22 years ago doing going through the same exact shit with my father and um my uncle and them niggas they went through all this and they would get in a lot of trouble um same thing police would come and bother them they would arrest them um i, I don't want to know i don't know specifics but i know eventually they went same thing on fighting it and um in new york there was a change of office and mm-hmm. the new person that came in was very supportive of them. However, in Vegas, like I said, the strip is not under the mayor's jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So the mayor had, we could have as many changes off as we want, but the strip is like a private jurisdiction owned by the casinos. That's this huge gray area they don't want to talk about. So I'm like, Can I just talk to who's in charge? And they're like, No, you can't and Okay, I thought this was America. Uh- <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but you you're so, you know, looking past the the bullshit. You yeah, know, man. You're, you're talking about other talents that you had, right? Like, what yeah, what, man. what are those talents?
2: Um, well, I'm a full time rapper, really. Um, really, I'm like, I'm a I'm a great drummer. I'm an amazing drummer, but like, I'm a rapper. Like, I rap my ass off. Um, always have before I started drumming and everything. So I rap, I sing, I act. I'm just a full time entertainer, man. Um, just love to have fun and make people feel good. Do you, just... you think you get that from your dad? Yeah, man. Yeah. I grew up like on I, I, My first memories are just like stages and performing and like musicals like i just thought that's what like that's what it was like that that was that was just so cool to me and seeing him uh performing like my first some of my first memories of being backstage is at like lauren hills rehearsals Damn. like yeah bro i didn't i didn't know not, not knowing anything about anything i just love music like so i just like i couldn't i couldn't escape it if i tried like
1: did you Just do, me. like, anything like that in high school? Like, did you- um,
2: So, actually, I went to LVA. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I, I, even before LVA, I went to – so I actually went to – Las Vegas is great performing arts schools, bro, but I went to um, K.O. Knutson in middle school for performing arts. You would think I went for drums, but I actually went for theater, right? I went to LVA for theater as well, in um, musical theater because I wanted to be a rapper. I always knew that. And uh, I figured the artist storytelling, I gotta learn to tell a story, and I gotta learn to perform. Yeah. So those schools, that school, like hounded that shit into me for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, and people don't know, but like uh, LVA is a high school, but it has f- a program that's a lot better than a lot of college programs. Oh yeah. Um, especially yeah. in terms of theater, so I was real blessed. So once I had my training, I was like, I'm running with it. What's the
1: What's the plan for the next, like, in the rap game? Oh
2: uh, man, I have. Uh, I spent the last couple of years. Um, not releasing any music, just making a, f- a huge lot of music and then just figuring out what to do with it because um, I'm independent. So, like, just figuring out the right way to approach everything and to own everything. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, I can say, like, I got a plan and I'm figuring it out. So about to just start dropping music, bro, and just just get back to like, just performing because I've been touring with the buckets and going all places where I have a fan bases and I have shows, and I haven't even rapped shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's so dope to me that I have fan bases where I'm, like, haven't even got to do what i do yet um so go back hit those places again rap but with music because people keep asking me when does the music drop When is the music drop and i was real i'm a perfectionist so like had to get that shit right but it's right. yeah yeah it's... how's the how's
1: the community in vegas like when it comes to like hip-hop and oh vegas like
2: no, again nobody knows but vegas has like the most beautiful art community like with everything um so, when, but with with hip hop, is it's such a dope. I hate I hate like splitting things up. Yeah. Um. But Vegas has such a dope, dope hip hop community, dope rap community, dope music community. And Vegas, I always say the sound of Vegas is the noir movement, cause like real Vegas sound is like this unique blend of like live music and 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 hip hop and R and B and and neo soul, and it's a sound that's very unique to Vegas, like. Mm-hmm and i only say this because we me and my homies we spent the last couple years traveling just doing music and everybody's making some dope music all over the country but when there's in the, not you could take us out the mix there's something in vegas where we don't nobody here sounds like everybody else here everybody else somewhere else is moving in a way that's a little more professional um because they they kind of know what they're doing Aaron in vegas everybody's just figuring out, like, we're, we're laying the groundwork, you know, so everybody's just figuring out, but it's in terms of talent, in terms of what they're actually creating, the kids out here, what they're making, you're like, whoa, it's it's beautiful. Everybody's normally real supportive. There's, you get another, like, you know, Vegas is Vegas, so you get sometimes you get some out-of-towners that don't really blend, or they, they try to, I think they would blend, but they try to make it feel like they don't, so they try to create some sort of tension or some opposition, like, I stand out, so make me stand out. Let me extra stand out, but it's all love. So no beef with you with
1: anybody right now.
2: Um, it's a couple track cats trying, but I smoke too much weed (laughs) to to have anything but love for everybody, man. It
1: has that fuck it mentality. Yeah, man.
2: I just I got love for everybody. Like if you how I never hate on nobody hustle. If you gonna hate on mine, then then I don't know what to tell you because I got love for you. Any future collabs coming up? Any Um, (laughs) looker up? So of course I got. Uh, there's gonna be an um, album coming out with the noir movement um i try to work with everybody like if, if there's a local artist in this city i'm gonna put them in. i'm a big up them and I, I try to work with everybody like um yeah man everybody everybody from britney rose zelly vibes to mike xavier uh noir if there isn't everybody in this city i would like to work
0: with. did you get to uh connect with mike xavier at the last show or did oh you- yeah yeah of course yeah mike is like mike is like uh one of the ogs out
2: here so um Always get a chance to chop it up with Mike. Mike actually, so Mike wasn't there last night. Right. But the only reason Mike wasn't there last night because he had a sold-out show at vinyl. Yeah. So that 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 was like, hell yeah, like that's beautiful. Um, yeah, he sold out like
1: 750 yeah, tickets. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, bro. That's that's
2: beautiful. Like Vegas artists. That's why that's why I'm telling people, like, five years ago, we weren't able to do this. And yeah. like people don't understand. I'm like, nah, bro, they they really weren't taking us. Any types of serious, we would be banging at radio stations, doors going, they wouldn't give us no concerts, no nothing. Now they got Zelly on the radio, they got Mike selling out, like, it's really a time for Vegas artists. And that's why I say in that song, I say Vegas on the rise, and we proving it. Like, it's just about everybody showing people what we got going on, and there's a lot of BS everywhere else, but there's some real talent, and I love that. Like, I love see talent shining Just people good. being creative
0: I, I think there's a lot of uh the community you know the sports teams coming to town like it, the, the the town is getting closer you know what i mean like yo, hell but yeah. like mike text me yesterday morning you know the day of his show he knew i had a show last night and he's like bro good luck on your show tonight i hope you kill it you know what, <laughs> what i like, mean i'm like Jay, wow bro, man you know <laughs>
2: That's, he's just a stand-up the, guy yeah but it's, and it's that it's that type of support that we need yo like mm-hmm. All that other energy is not worth it, babe. Like when you, when everybody stands behind, they what they make, but what the next person makes though, then everybody eats. And that's, that's what they, when you got a situation where everybody can be eating, everybody can be happy, and that's what we got onto right here.
1: Yeah, and I, you, you know, you can look at, I, I love that you said that too, because you can look at places like Atlanta, for example, right? Dude, so many people.
2: Atlanta's hot, 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 right? And it's because one person ate, and they were like, "No, look at the homie, and look at the homie." And that's Vegas is one of those situations where we've and we've been saying this for mad long, like, "Oh, once we kick down the door, we got it. Once we kick down the door, we got it." But I think everybody like got so into working their head, they didn't even realize yo, the door is wide open right now. Like it's we did it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's just like just getting in there and doing what we do, man.
1: And it's really cool to see you know being born and raised in vegas right you know like i, I always tell these guys when i was growing up i used to tell my, all my family's from back east from yeah. new york and uh oh, Same, bro. yeah I so you. my so my mom's from brooklyn my dad's from syracuse uh, i used to tell people i was from new york because i didn't like want to tell people i was from vegas because i thought it was embarrassing bro and then once i moved away i realized like no vegas is fucking bro, awesome bro
2: let me tell you so like i said i moved here in vegas when i was uh first grade so i was five years old right I carried me being from New York until I graduated high school, right? Graduated high school and moved back to New York. Bro, I was out there for a whole year and I was like, "Bro, I'm from Vegas. I got to take my ass home." <laughs> like, what am I doing? So, yeah, man, just be true to yourself. That's what I feel yeah. and like, and I think, like I said, like because other places got like a step ahead of you. Vegas don't have, didn't have, but now we are the groundwork. So. It's, it's dope to like, yeah, we from Vegas, and there's gonna be kids after us that are really rapping Vegas the way that we was we were so ready to rap New York. Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> yeah. and twenty percent. That, yeah,
1: and that's so cool to see, right? Like the the whole repping the city, bro.
2: Hell yeah, bro. I tell people rap this city, bro, cause there's there's no place in the world like this place. No place in the world like no people have no idea what it's like, and then that that's what makes it so beautiful because what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, so nobody has any idea. What it's like growing up here, so mm-hmm. there's a million stories you can tell, oh yeah, you know what I mean, and people mm-hmm. are like, "What, and so, as an artist, like all we're doing is just telling stories and reflecting our life, so I think that's beautiful.
1: What's your best story from growing up in Vegas?, uh,
2: growing up, in Vegas. you could give a couple if you want to, man I we got a, time. I did a lot of bad, bad ish. Growing up, but the thing is, Vegas is Vegas is like when you growing up, you know, you had no trouble. You had either cause trouble or make music. Yeah. So I hung out with a lot of people that caused trouble and made music. Um, no, my favorite stories. Um, like I said, they didn't used to let us perform anywhere. Right. So in high school, we used to throw me, uh, the Noir Movement, um, a couple of other cats that I went to school with um one militia they used to throw um we used to throw uh events in the backyard right started off mad little like just 20 kids in the backyard um by the time we finished yo like my senior year my junior year actually we sold like 300 plus tickets we had a warehouse sold out from all from mike nights like backyard vegas stuff bro metro was so ready to shut that <laughs> shit down they had they was outside every like but they couldn't mm-hmm. um and the reason they couldn't i think we did like a collab and uh, there, was a, there was also a biker event right next door. Like, they couldn't say shit, bro. And it was that, that was like in high school. That was one of the times I was like, yeah, we could do this shit. Like, that's, <laughs> it was, that was, it, bro, it was so hype. Everybody, it
0: was so lit. That part, that, you know, if you was at House of Bandage, you know what I'm talking about. But that, that <laughs> shit was wild. I think, I think it's dope that, like, you know, uh, lo- looking back on other people's stories, you know, I'm 43, right? So I think I'm like, you know, probably a couple decades older than you guys, yeah, right? It, but it, but it's interesting to see, like, you know, certain events that happen in your life, like, you know, your dad influenced you, you with the buckets, right? Right. Like, the, the story that you just told about having success with the events, you know, as a kid, how that that influences you, right? And and you, you probably got that feeling, right, from those type of wins that you had, and and, it, and it's really kind of created the path for you moving forward, yeah. and you still want to, like, crave to, like, participate in those type of situations.
2: It's just, like, um, I'm always thinking, like, Always thinking, like, I got a real critical mindset, and I'm a perfectionist. So when I do something, I'm like, how or what can I do to make that better? Always. Like, as soon as I get off stage, I'm like, was that, I ask myself, was that a good performance, and how can I make it 10 times better? Even if, like, I feel I did amazing, I'm like, how can I, um... So I see that just overall, like everything's just getting better. So when I do, when we do like shows and shit, you're right, like I'm like, damn, like that was a great show. I'm like, now what's next? So that shit just like always pushes me. And I'm like, I try to surround myself with people who I think are 10 times better than me at everything. Like uh, my band is 10 times better than me in music, this and that. But just because I want to like, I feel like I want to learn, like want to learn as much as I can and as many skills as I can just to keep improving and keep doing shit.
0: Nice, nice, but
2: bro, think of like, think of like, think of culture and cannabis. But like, if we do it, if we did everything that we couldn't do because they won't let us do, right? That's what House of Bandits was, and we was like 16 17 We had no business doing that <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> but it it, was, it sold like three hundred tickets, so like, we're rocking, man. Yeah,
0: fuck it. That was one of those times. So. Yeah, full send.
2: That's some shit that, like, yeah, they, this old
0: Vegas shit now. Old Vegas, yeah. It would never... Let's talk about perfectionism, right? And uh, so it, it's, a, it's a topic for me that, like, um, you know, I've, I've really been focusing on it over the last year. And uh, for me, right, um, I kind of take this position where I don't need things to be perfect, right? Because, um, you know, perfection doesn't exist, right? right. And so um, when I get hung up on it being perfect, then that stops my workflow moving forward, right? And so for me... Uh, perfection is like the the constant uh you know movement towards getting better right? right it's not making sure that something's perfect right then before i release it right so so with you and, and perfectionism d- does it does it hold you back from from creating hell yeah
2: um not okay so yeah in a sense that i used to i used to like it basically what you just said it took someone saying that to me at some point where i was like you know what you're right because like I will hold on to music for years, bro, like, years. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, it'll be one thing off. I'd be like, no, nah, like, I can't release it. Until they got to the point where, like, I would hear shit on the radio and everywhere else, and I'm like, oh, this shit is ass. <laughs> like, all this shit is ass, but I can't say shit because I, I haven't, I literally haven't mm-hmm. released what I'm and I what I'm what thinking, right? Because I'm like, oh, it's not that perfect. But I, even what I'm thinking, shit, what I made was ten times better than that, but I, I'm on myself, so... I was like you have almost have to humble yourself and just be like, you know, it is okay, I'm growing. Like you said, I'm working towards being perfect. because nothing is perfect. But I still I'm still like especially when it comes to music and perfectionism, I feel like when I hear a song, I hear it. So, I have to make that shit exactly how I hear it or I'm like, man, fuck that shit. Like I don't even, I won't even like it.
1: I feel like that paralyzes a lot of people, especially oh, oh. artists, mm-hmm. right? Like think and I think about like uh you know, Michael Jackson, right? How many unreleased songs did he have that were probably his best hits that we never heard? No, right,
2: because he just didn't feel that they, they were perfect. And, yeah. And, yeah, man, it's just like, because you're just, you're just asking people, like, yes, I want to be vulnerable, and I want y'all to judge me. So if I want y'all to judge me, like, I want the, I wanted y'all to feel this, exactly what I'm seeing. So I feel that, but it's, bro, you'll, you'll kill yourself being a perfectionist because you're just,
0: it's not going to work. Like I'm nothing. trying to get people to be like, you know, uh let's drop the perfectionist thing right it's okay to have high standards though Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and uh you know talking about the culture and cannabis right i think last night just like we said earlier 45 vendors 600 attendees you know we did that event for a year straight and nobody came right right i did that in front of everybody everybody saw me doing these events and they would come and there would be nobody there Right. right but what if i what if i got hung up on that you know what i mean. Definitely. And uh, so, you know, I had high standards, and I knew that what needed to be done. So I participated in those activities, and I kept it moving yeah, forward. Yeah, man, You know,
2: that's that's the Vegas motto. Um, shout out to Dizzy Wright. Um, he always says, still moving. That's his company. I play buckets, and one thing I say is keep banging. Um, and all that means just keep going. Like, you see it. Once you got a vision, if you believe in it, and that's really all it takes. As long as you believe, you just got to keep going because no one else see it like you see it. And if you keep banging and you keep doing, you gonna make that shit happen. So I always tell everybody, keep banging, man, keep banging.
1: It. So I, uh, I kind of uh-huh. did a, a little bit of a dive on your Instagram. Oh yeah. And I was checking it out. I saw Uh-oh. that your your you know that your grandfather comments on a couple of your on your posts.
2: <laughs> Bro, I got the most supportive family. That's in no awesome. World.
1: And I was gonna ask you about that. You know, you know, you obviously you you come from a family of musicians. Yeah, and- I think
2: like my pops like kicked the door down because I know he had to deal with a lot of like BS like. They're like, nah, you are not about to go bang on pots and pans and bang on buckets, but like he won Tony Awards banging on buckets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when they see me banging on buckets, they're like, they went at first. At first, they were a little iffy because they were like oh, he banging on buckets in the strip. But as they see like they see my vision and where it's going, there they're real supportive. Like my grandpa, my mom's, I got like I really did really the most supportive family like in the world, and that 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 keeps me like humble. It keeps me on track and to make sure I'm right because. I, I don't know where I'd be without them, for real. No, definitely. For real. Family's most important. Hell man. yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Everything like everything I know that comes from my family, like, every, and my grandpa too. He but he does like, he's super into theater as well. So like, um, he's done a lot of musicals and all, a lot of the performing that come from, the family.
1: I saw that he likes to cook too. I was checking out his oh, Instagram.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know he was cooking. i what's his uh I I was try I wanted to remember his Instagram name, what but I I think it's like Papa Star. Uh, yeah, Papa yeah, Star. Yeah, no, Papa Star <laughs>
2: Entertainment. Shout yeah. out to Papa Star. Yeah, shout out yeah, to Papa yeah, Star man. for
0: always always believing him. Yeah, so, you, you, so your grandpa or your was your dad or your grandpa that won the Tony Award?
2: Right, well my dad, um, I believe they he helped win the Tony Award for uh they have a musical bringing the Noise, bringing the Funk. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a four-time Tony Award-winning show. It's a hip-hop show, um, and it includes the Buckets, Tap Dancing, and uh, Savion Glover helped. All, is, is the star and, like, director of that show. I wish that show was still around, bro, because, like, my first memories are, they were on tour of this show. This show is, uh, 95 through 99, probably, but I'm, I'm 90, I was born in 97. Yeah. So I was born when it was it was touring for this show. Like that's my first. That's my real first memories of seeing like them tour a Broadway show every night. And not only that it was the most like unique. There's not a lot of hip hop Broadway shows, and this is the hip hop Broadway show. So that shit was like, I was like, yeah, that's what I want.
1: Especially in the you know late '90s. That's oh know, oh hell kinda yeah. Kind of uncommon. Yeah right? yeah you know that
2: and then, like that was that was it. Like when my every time I would hear my pops talk about the show, he's like, bro, we got away with so much that like they would never like. They have, now we have uh, Hamilton, and you have In the Heights, and there's, but like, those were, those are hip-hop musicals, but I want to say that they're hip-hop musicals that have been watered down and made acceptable to be hip-hop musicals, if you get what I'm saying. In Bring Noise No, Bring The Funk, there's a line in that show that says, don't let those crackers fool you, come join the ranks up north. Like, they were saying some wild, it was a real, true to Mm -hmm. like, raw hip-hop show, and um. Yeah, they, they 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 haven't made nothing like that since. So yeah. it was that's a beautiful experience.
1: What uh, I mean, besides your family and your dad, what other um artists are you, do you look up to or get inspired from?
2: Um, okay, so everybody in Vegas, I said my family, yeah. um, God, cause God is the number one musician. That guy puts all the music in my head. Um, and then shoot, I look up to a lot of early hip hop, a lot of new hip hop. Hip hop, hip hop, like <laughs> in general, like yeah. people like try to like put all these little subgenres and everything. Bro, I love all of hip hop, like from New York, boom bap to the most West Coast, to trap to any stupid, like every. I love hip hop in general. Um, so I listen to everything. Um, uh, my roots come from, like I said, my pops, a lot of Lauryn Hill, a lot of Onyx. Um, a lot of Nas, a lot of Ghostface, but also a lot of Lil Wayne, a lot of Ti, um, like D Four L, a lot of like, so it's a, a little like, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, all over the place. Like, really, yeah. Fifty Cent too. That's a, oh. lot, a lot of a lot of early Fifty. Like, oh, I didn't realize how much early Fifty was an influence on me until recently. Like, I went back and like just go listen to the Massacre and Get Rich or Die Trying, and like, bro, when Get Rich or Die Trying came out, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Fifty Cent. Like. <laughs> So uh, Me either bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it was just beautiful like
1: I was just I was just talking with uh, a buddy of ours Derek. I don't know if you know Derek Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he uh he posts a daily uh video called the Daily Dose where he, you know, you know showcases some right. Like his right, right. product and he did it in the club with 50 cent. And I was just asking him, you know, cuz he grew up he was like He's like 30 now, so he was like 18, 19 when that album came out, Get Rich or Die Trying. I asked him, like, how hot was that? Like, how crazy was it to listen to that album during that time? He was like, it was wild. Bro, he got I, he told me he got it, a bootleg album from Queens at the time.
2: Facts, shout out to Queens, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, when that shit came out in 57, come on, New York City. Just, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, man. I just saw, it like, I I always saw myself. As who I wanted to be, so I looked up to people who I was like, I like that. I want to be like that. I like that. I want to be like that. So I, I took and I took and pulled from a lot of people to create myself. Inspired, I say that's why I say the name of my next project is Inspired, but uh, it's inspired by. I'm inspired by a whole lot of people, man. Just art in general. Nice. Nice. Yeah. when's that coming out? Um, you know, I don't know. It'll be out sometime this year. Yeah, sometime, sometime this
1: year. It's a little something summer. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I got um like I said, I've spent the last uh two years just working on just mad music. So, um I have a lot of projects about to come out. Honestly, I'm just figuring out the order to put them out in. Um, but yeah, uh, it's twenty nineteen, so 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 how old out. are you man How old are you I'm 21 21 nice Yes sir yeah. so very, young. That's, that is very young I, I, I'm 23 yo, I am I was the youngest in the room Everybody <laughs> says that I'm young But I be feeling old as hell man So I just <laughs> like Just keep pushing I never yeah. I just try to think like
0: you have the Old soul mentality. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, so, man. So like, I mean, even just for me here recently and I'm 43, right? I'm the OG in the room. Can I kind of call myself? Yeah, yeah hell go for it. Yeah. <laughs> You've it. Uh, it's, it's like the the nice term for old guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I've just really gotten familiar with my process of creation, right? And, right. and gotten comfortable with it. And, and uh, what, what I'm talking about is like when I want to create right before I even get started. Uh, I already know what my process is, right? And so I understand if I just get started and I go through the process, we're going to get to that other side, right? right? right. So, h- h- how about you and your process? H- are you are you close with it? Are you familiar with it? Do you, um, do you know yeah, how it works? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah.
2: I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty familiar. Um, there's a couple of key things that always happen, right? Like every year, I forget how to rap. Every year, bro. It never fares. There's a point in the year where I, I'm like, nigga, I can't rap anymore. Like, I don't I don't know how. Um, and it normally happens, like, right after I drop a project. I, like, I, it's, and it's like almost like I guess I have my head full of rhymes, and then I just hit delete. Like, uh, And it's like nothing sounds good anymore and this and that. And then normally it comes from that frustration that the next project is born. And it's been pretty consistent for as long as I've been making music. Um, another thing, it's weird because I'm a musician. I'm a rapper, and like, I have to write. I can't sit in a room and just write. I've never been like I don't I I can sit in a room and rap to a mic um but as far as like I have to I have to be moving. And I think that comes from I spent a lot of time, you know, Vegas is a big city um and I always went to school like an hour away from where I lived. So I spent a lot of times on buses and walking and this and that, listening to music, but rapping. Like that's how I came up. So nowadays, like if I have, if I'm if I go for a run, I'll make a crazy rap. But if I sit there in the room, that'll never come out. Like, so you ever see me, I'm like pacing around. Like uh, so I just have to be like moving and doing stuff. And I'm pretty in tune with my with my process now. Um Yeah, man, one thing I'm learning to do is just trust like I said, trust my head. A lot of times I was I would let other people's visions, other people get in involved and things wouldn't come out the way I wanted to but a lot of times you are just like man I know what it is like I can see it I just gotta pull it out
0: so yeah yeah what about you Tony you got you got a process uh
1: you know I think every day is a it's a new day so I'm always trying to figure out my creative process I you know I'm not uh a one man a one man stand and I don't like have like one thing that I'm really good at I think I feel have a lot of things that I'm like I'm pretty good at but not like a master at yet so um I spend a lot of time on YouTube trying to learn. Everything. Yeah, and you know, I I you know, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm really trying to figure out what what's what's truly working for me. But I, the biggest thing for me is like like pacing. I really do think that like act like some type of like active um, walking yeah, or yeah. you know just even like playing with like a ball yeah, yeah, or something yeah, right because it gets your head moving right and I think that like just getting into my mental space and like literally really like thinking things out and once I get it all thought out then I can put it on paper nice. and and uh, yeah until that happens though it's you know it's just a lot of a lot of shits going up on yeah. there right like
2: yeah bro I get like I get mad overwhelmed um, but I used to play a lot of Sims when I was little yeah. when I was younger like I. I say that the Sims probably taught me how to raise myself. Like, I play at the Sims games, so like, what I do, when I'm like, when I'm ever at a point where I'm just like, bro, I don't, I have so many ideas, but I'm like, I don't know what to do. I mm-hmm. think of my life. I'm like, all right, well, if this is the Sims, what would you do? And that helps a lot. That's, I make little goal lists and yeah. stuff. Like, I treat my life like it's a Sims game. It might be. We might, uh, we might be in yeah, the Sims it, game it right it might now. be, bro, because I be feeling like it. So
0: I mean, I, I mean there might be more to this, right? And I think yeah. I think a, a, a way to look at that is, is kind of like the once removed, right, vision of your life, right? You're not kind of like seeing it as you're moving forward, but you're seeing it from, from above, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. seeing yourself, like the Sims, right? Exactly, it, exactly. And, and seeing what, what's going to happen from that like third-party stance. And
1: trying to channel, you know, like like you said, right? Like you've always envisioned yourself as somebody else, and now you're at the point where
2: you envision yourself yeah, exactly. as yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, but like... Like you said, this is who I always saw myself as. Yeah. Other people didn't, and that's who I really was. But I didn't know that. Exactly. Like I, I just saw myself as exactly who I am now. But I had to grow into this person. Yeah. And like twenty
1: <laughs> years from now, you're already thinking of that who that person exactly. is. Exactly. I already see them. But like until that. you turn forty,
2: right? You're right. No. It, until, won't, it won't happen. Exactly. And until and and then the thing is, like, I can see that person. Other people might not see that. and you can't even blame other people. If they because you got if you got a vision like. Is we in this world? It's hard for people to see that, uh, but they don't gotta believe in you. But as long as you see it and you clearly, you anything you can make that happen. So it's just about working towards. It. Yeah. How did you, you learn that? Uh, my mom probably, bro. My she, mom is like, like she's a firm believer of anything you think is true. And not like you know, everybody's talks about the law of attraction and everything now. Mm-hmm. But like, no, my mom is like, she since the beginning of my life, she's like, no, nah, whatever you believe, like. So I used to in my, I remember being scared of some scary movie. Um, young, young, like, a baby. And I remember going to my mom, and I asked her, like, if monsters are real, and she was like, if you think they are, I was like, what? And she was like, if you think it's real, then it's real. That goes for anything. And, like, that's just something that stuck with me. Um, So at that point, I am just kind of living my own world. Whatever I believe is true is true, and it's not. It's, it's not. real, though. Yeah, man, yeah, and, that, and not, the thing man. is, by moving like that, once I accepted it, because I didn't always move like that, but once, like, I re-remembered that and stuck with it, bro. Everything just, I'm like, you yeah, know, nah, this is true. But I'll go to Fremont and I'll be like, someone's going to give me $100 today. No, nah, it's true. Bro,
1: somebody just give me $100. And so it happens every time. Yeah, so. yeah they're thinking positively, right? And yeah, you know what's yeah. so crazy, too? And I, and I think it happened the same with you. I can just tell that, you know, you, you know these ideas and these, like, um like the law of attraction stuff before you even knew it was the law of yeah, attraction, Right, right. right. And I think that you know is uh, is something to be said about your personality and you know where how you're raised and
2: yeah man and and my mom's raised me with a lot of love like just love for everybody and like I just believe that I think the some uh, key to the way the universe works is just love like when you when you do things you love and you you spread love those opportunities and that love is always gonna find its way back to you and everything you you manifest it is I feel like I feel like you can manifest everything you want. But the thing that's gonna pull it into your life is love. You follow what you love and then you that's where you get it. It's like it's the golden path, bros. You yeah. follow so that's how I be rock.
0: And
1: all three of us here today. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean yes. I,
0: I, you know, I truly believe that we're you know, we're we're put here to to create. You know what I mean? And so, you know, you, you have the the opportunity to create and you have the choice what to create. You know what I mean? So a lot of people don't you know, they're they're not like woke or whatever. So they live under this this kind of like cloud where they don't they just kind of move along and they don't they don't really make those creative yeah, choices man. you know
2: like people are just surviving and not thriving yeah. and it's bogus is like i i I want I want I want everybody to change in the sense that like if you work in a job and you're not happy leave yeah. i want you I want you to be happy i want you to do something that's going to make you cuz i know there's something you want to do i know there's something that'll make you happy like whatever that is and whatever you want to do, somebody else is getting paid. Somebody else is making that money mm-hmm. to do that. So why can't you? Why can't you support what you do by doing what you love? Because if you could, you'd be happy. When you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think, like I said, once you're able to fund what you do off what you love, it changes your perspective on everything. Because you can only you can start moving in your life. Oh, I I can only do things I want. Wow, that's beautiful. And you can manifest some beautiful things. So it's like
1: I think I think a lot of people get stuck with the excuses, right? Like. The you know they get stuck in the I can't quit my job because of X Y Z reason. My mama taught
2: me can't is a bad word, and if y'all get nothing else from me, and get that can't is a bad word, you could do anything, bro. Bingo. Anything, anything, and everything. Cause can't can't will fuck. You. Especially when you smoke weed, you'll be like I can't do this. I can't, bro. You could do anything. Just get up and do it. Yeah, just make it happen, right? Yeah, just get up and do it, bro. Like I don't know. There's a if there's a will, there's a way. And I'm taking my own advice. I don't know how I'm going to get back on the strip, but I'm going to get out there. But We're going to make a, it happen, uh, bro. Hell yeah. We're going to go to the a Supreme will, Court. Where there's, a, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. No, my real goal is like, I know I'm going to have to fix that for somebody else, but my goal is I want to get kind of, kind of like how my pops and them had the musical. They did Broadway and all that. Well, Broadway is is amazing. I love Broadway to death, but the strip is an untapped platform when it comes to that type of musicals. Oh, yeah. And we only do Vegas shows, and in terms of like musicals, Vegas shows are great shows, but they're kind of one foot in, one foot out. They're not like fully shows. I want to take a full musical, a Broadway musical, like committed. That's a fucking Tony Award-winning show, and put it on the strip. Right. Put it in the casinos. That's your end goal. That's that's what I not an end goal, but that's a a, a future a next yeah. goal. Yeah. Like. Uh, that that's something want. That, and it can be, it can be done. There's we get we have probably to be honest we we probably get way more people that are going on the Broadway oh, yeah. on the strip, and they're spending way more money. And a lot of those shows, there's some great Cirque shows, but a lot of those shows are like they're just put together, bro. Super cheesy. Yeah, yeah they're they're yeah. and and I'm sure they had their time. Like I'm sure you know Vegas is kind of going through this transition period. I'm sure. The, a lot of the older Magician and the Elvis and the, a lot of people do come to Vegas for that. However, there's a market for a whole other thing that's not being touched. Well, uh, I mean,
1: you can kind of see it right now, right? Like the park at MGM.
2: No, right, right, right. So for the first time ever, they're bringing in like a lot of new acts. Like what they just signed, Drake and Cardi B. and yeah. Normally Vegas signs uh, acts that come to the end, like mm-hmm. the end of their role. Mm-hmm. Then they come to Vegas. The but Celine Dion. Exactly, exactly. So and and there are legends. They oh, once yeah. they once they're confirmed legends. They're like, "All right, Vegas can take you and do that." But that brings us such an older crowd. Now they're bringing people new and this and that. That's why I'm like, "Bro, I know like I got to get in there." I'm like, "I just want my show. Yeah. Let's get in there." I, I, you're manifesting it right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think you could do it, you no, know. I think I, oh, I think, you, I think Britney Spears kind of did that to a lot you of these know, new you know artists, know what's right? Crazy? "My like, dad used
2: to you know. drum for her too." Britney, really? if you listen to at me. <laughs> yeah, my dad. And <laughs> then my first memories is uh, he used to when he came out here was for a Britney Spears tour. It was Britney Spears and Khalees. Wow. It was dope for their drummers, like the milkshake era. Mm. Yeah, and that, and that, and that and Britney Spears had the one of the wildest shows I've ever seen when I was a kid. And still, I'm probably sure her show is probably wild as hell. But, like, yeah, man, Vegas,
0: Vegas. Yeah, dude. But there's a ton of, like, showrooms, listen, get There's, like, I mean?
2: there's showrooms, and, and and for me, like, especially, I know, for someone that's who throws events, you walk through there, there's... Every casino has empty theaters. Yeah, like right. that, some of them have shows. They don't have anything. I'm like, we can make a lot of money, but like you said, a lot of it is just old white dudes with their heads in their asses, yeah. Yeah. and they don't—they're not willing to hear anything about anything we got because they got their money. Like yeah. they got billions, they got what they got. Um, so you coming to them like, hey, I'm trying to do some hip hop, and they're like, bro, what? Like they don't care about that. Yeah. So um, but it's cool because a lot of them now. Are rocking with us.
1: <laughs> That's true. And
2: that is we, true. And we have like, so we have a lot of talent. We are trying to do something positive, not negative, and it's, it's so it's dope to see the people that like believe in us. Because whenever they do, it's it's a leap of faith. But whenever anyone takes that leap of faith, they're like they're glad they did that. Yeah, they, it pays off, right? Yeah, man, always, always. We gonna always. It's always beneficial. So let's
1: let you know when your short show does happen on you know the Broadway show in yeah, yeah, Vegas yeah. happens. Hell yeah! What does that look like?
2: Um, like it'll consist of. I want to tell the story of what's it like growing up in Vegas, as an artist. Um, I want to talk about though. I not the show is pre-written, so what well, we're talking about, what we face, um, what the struggles that we did face, um, the struggles that artists face, and then just the stereotypical like what people think. You will let it, and it, I think it's perfect because we can talk to the tourists. The tourists come here; they think people live in casinos. If, if there's, if you had anything to talk to them and keep it real, like this is what it's like growing up, and then I want to framework it through the perspective of myself and other artists, so it can be a musical experience. It can be fun. We can talk about everything that Vegas has to offer, um, freely from the from the perspective that I like, grow up here, and it I think it'll be dope. And I know that what inspired that is that other show that I was talking about, my dad's show. Um, it's about the black experience, this and that, but it actually. I know a huge portion of the show is based on um, that my dad and and Savion and th- what their experience was performing in New York. Yeah, street performing. I know that those scenes like that directly influenced the show because it's about the beat and how that came alive. And they they had a very unique story, but we have a very unique story here in Vegas. And people are asking and asking about it. So I'm like, that's what I want to give them, like full extravagance of drumming, rapping, tapping, everything. I want to take like. The blue man group to church and into the streets, like <laughs> nice. yeah. Let's the get them done, man. Yeah, the flamingos, yeah. the yeah, dancers, yeah, all of it, all bro. of it. Like the truth, because the thing is, like I know I'm we from here, so I know people that that really do that, like they really do the showgirl stuff and really you're full dancers, but they got backstories. And there's like I'm out there performing, and there's so many other performers, and Vegas the entertainment capital of the world, so there's some amazing performers, and then. There's the amazing performers and now we are the generation of their kids. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and um those kids are crazy talented but no one pays attention to them because they're in the shadow of the other performers honestly. Yeah. But um
0: we can fix that easily. Yeah, Very exactly. Easily. Just, I think the plaza has a uh, open show Yeah,
2: Yo, you know it's crazy. Yeah, Plaza, at the Plaza, and they used to do they used to do this show called Recycled Percussions.
0: Yes. I think yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoutouts to Recycle Percussions. Yeah, that was um, they had the buckets and all that. Oh, the the garbage, yeah, they, cans, so and all garbage that. cans. Yeah, they had so So a
2: story about that show is, um, they gave me free tickets to that show one time. Me and my guy LeRon, um, LeRon's my drummer. They gave us free tickets because someone saw me play buckets, and they were, um, they, the reason they were giving us free tickets was to invite us to a little like maybe a portion kind of to try us out. They want to see if we could do something with the show. When you walk into that show, they give you. Everybody in the audience, they give you pots and bands, and they give you drumsticks. That's a problem for two drummers in the audience. Because um, if you're on stage and what you're playing is all right, mm-hmm. and we're on, we're, we're being an audience, we're just going to play because you told us we can play. I didn't do nothing wrong. But if, they, if the audience is going to clap for me and not for you and you're on stage, that's not my fault. Um... And it, it didn't end up too well for that. So we didn't end up with a spot and recycle percussions. Um I'm a I'm a real showman and I kind come from performing on the street. So when I gotta get a crowd, I like getting a crowd. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so but but shout outs to them, so that's dope. But yeah, we could we could do something like that. Honestly, my goal is like I feel like New York, New York would because my show I have a show from New York, like we play buckets, like that's like New York culture. I feel like we gave, they would eat it alive, but Someone put me in charge of who I got to talk to. I think I think it's
1: possible. I think we can make this happen, like, this year.
2: Oh, yeah, that's my goal. Like, that's 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 my goal is just to just make it happen and just go. Because like, I got all my music and everything I want to do, but, like, I got a whole – I got visions, man. The mastermind. So, yeah.
1: so, And you you keep on bringing up your band, you know. um, You know, touch a little bit on them. Shout-out right? to the Noir movement, noir the hardest-working
2: band in Las Vegas. Yo, Noir, Um, all kids – oh, uh, we're all – I mean, we're grown now. We're 21, and I'm the youngest, but – Um, We all started in high school Some of us started I think uh, Some of us They've been playing together since middle school But we all officially linked up We launched together In high school And um, we started Like just Really everybody We doing shows And we were the only people At the show So we all gonna look out For each other And make sure everything else We'll get people here And um, bro We just rocking And like At first um, Now Now People are finally Taking us seriously In Vegas And people are Paying us bro But when I tell you we had to do a bajillion free shows. Like everyone's like, bro, we don't do free shows. and nah, nah. the music festivals, every Brooklyn Bowl, Hard Rock, every bar, every bro. We, then Noir has played with them, and every artist we had to do every backyard, any anything where there was opportunity to perform. Me or Noir, we just we jumped on that. And um, Jeremy is is the leader of Noir. He's a, he's a, he's a genius for like making sure everybody's there. And the thing was. Anything we went to, like, it wasn't our show, but we would make it our show. Yeah. Even when it was an open mic night, you treat everything like it was a full, just a full performance, and, and people gravitated to that, and they they would love it. So when they come home, they, would they leave they there just asking about us and that? So um, it so shout out to Noir. They like I said, they did a sold out show with Mike Xavier at a. Uh, Hard rock last night at Vine. Oh so, nice, yeah. So it's beautiful. So it's that is
1: beautiful. What's the biggest stage you guys have played on so thus far?
2: L I B life is beautiful. Oh uh, damn. If if not I think I actually saw that on your Instagram. If not life is beautiful, then I Brooklyn Bowl, but I wanna say life is beautiful. Um
1: How was that experience?
2: Crazy. No, the, so they bro noir like they they're so humble and Noir never they, they don't give a chance to brag so I'm bragging on them real quick so they do um they play Noir plays with me they play with Mike and then they play with Brittany Rose right they don't they're not too originally they weren't too keen on locals with like anything um but Life Is Beautiful like they kind of took us in but Noir has played Life Is Beautiful I think every year mm-hmm. to the point where I think they should give them a stage but they they, <laughs> they perform they played at Life Is Beautiful um every year and every year it's always like one of the Dopest experiences of the set. And I don't I wasn't even supposed to perform with Noir this last year. Um this last minute, like the day of Life is Beautiful, they're performing with Mike. They had one show, they did three shows of Life is Beautiful, yeah. right? They performed with Mike and did one show on the main stage. It was a beautiful performance. And not just by all our standards, like out of the whole night, Noir has always something unique and it's just so beautiful. Um so they did a show with Mike Xavier. Then they met they rushed them right after that set, rushed them to another set. They performed. Then uh Zapples called us over to do something. They called them and then they're it's During Life is Beautiful. They're like, Hey, so can you guys perform? Really? Like, what? And then I was the one there and it was the bridge. you're just gonna have to do it. So we rocked that out. That's awesome. And yeah, man. So Right time, right place. Yeah, right time, right. And that's uh, I have um I got to do a couple years back I got to do like a little spoken word poem for L I. B. So they're they're always super dope over there. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that was, that's, that was one of the biggest stages. Now we did a last year and then this year, probably towards the summer we did it. We self-funded a tour. We oh, wow. went to, we went to like New York, Minnesota, a bunch of places in California. And those shows all were like really hype, like really dope. And I didn't really expect, like that was our first time being out of the state, like seeing, but we got fans, you know, I was like, what? Like, New York was lit. I was like, "What?" Like, and I'm from New York, so I didn't. I was, like, uh, I was like, "I'm bringing the band back to New York." Uh, I don't know, but yo, I played buckets like the van. Everybody lit. We loved it. So like, I just have so much faith in what we do, you know? Yeah, oh, well, you have to. That's yeah, that's the only way to be. Hell yeah! Some beautiful art, man. It's just, I just love it. Artists pushing artists. And
0: that's and that's the only way it can go. For sure. Let's talk about cannabis, right? So, uh, I mean, how long has that been a part of your life? When's the first time you s- you smoked uh, cannabis?
2: Damn, that's a good question.
0: Do you remember? Do you remember hell the first hell No, yes. Um, no, the first.
2: So my dad, that's what I'm going to talk about. Because I remember, now I, t- I talk to him now, and he's like, bro, you got to stop smoking so much weed. But he's from New York. He does, He he. But the reason he tells me that is because he used to smoke a lot of weed he used to smoke a lot like a lot because I, I show him shows now that like i study and like i'm like yo look at this this and that he's like bro i don't remember none of that like um in tv shows he's like bro, i don't remember any that. i was way too high so um i remember like my first memories are weed. i remember being in the studio with everyone as they were making those old shows i remember all of that and i'm not saying i was high i'm just saying i was always around all of that and then um i probably started smoking weed um cuz i don't sleep like i will be up all night that's how i started rapping i rap i i used to rap till like till i sleep. that's like through elementary school and shit so when i started smoking weed it was probably like ah, the beginning of high school the end of middle school cuz i i don't sleep and when you go to when you go to performing arts school bro you go to school from till you might sometimes you don't leave school till like 9 at night and i got I had to be up by 4 to get on the bus And I don't sleep. That shit, bro, I I don't sleep, that was it. So, like, when I started smoking weed, I'd be knocked out. Uh, (laughs) uh, But the first time I smoked weed, bro, I felt like Tony Stark. That's the only way I explained that shit. (laughs) But that's, like, I turned out Tony Stark when he turned on Jarvis. I was like, oh, yeah, this shit is cool. I wrote so many raps the first time. (laughs) Nah, man. But but I think, actually, but the first time I think I got high, I think I took an edible the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. um, You know, everyone always talks about edibles don't hit you, right? So was 420 um 420 my sophomore year in in high school and somebody i i just paid because i just started making money playing buckets like just started making money so i had i didn't give a fuck i had (laughs) all the homies and i was like bro i'm a guy i paid the homie to make us like two big old things of brownies um and it was 420 and it was supposed to be like a whole lot of us but it was Actually, four twenty on four twenty, and there was only three people there, like me and two of my homies. And I was like, and basically, you know, everybody flake. I was like, oh, everybody flaked out on us. Like, fuck them, I don't care. I was like, we just finna. We had a big tray. We we're supposed to cut it up into brownies. I said, like, we just gonna split it in thirds, bro. <laughs> fuck it, I don't even care. I was like, bro, I was so. I've today, like, I I I was high for like three days, bro. <laughs> I, and all I remember is just sitting in like a jacuzzi, just writing raps for like hours. bro. Doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, but I was so, but I was, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, I was just so, I, that, that, that was like, out of everything else, that wasn't the first time I got high, but that felt like the first time I got high. like, it was like, whoa. The I first feel, time you got really high. Yeah, she was slow. I felt like I was tripping, like, really tripping. Those brownies were good.
1: <laughs> so, like, what's your, <laughs> what's your relationship today with cannabis? I love weed.
2: Um, I love. Uh, lately, I've been actually smoking less. Um, I used to smoke. and I used to? I'm gonna say a year ago. This time, I was going through like uh, maybe an eighth a quarter of a day, right? That's a lot. Yeah, I was blowing mad blunts, and that's what happened. Yeah, a lot of blunts. I love a lot of blunts, and then but also too, I was hanging out like I had. A, I had just got my crib, and I was hanging out with a, like homies were always around. So when yeah. people are always around, you always smoking, you know? Of course. And then. But that kind of like around the time the backwood train caught up. Oh yeah. I don't like woods. Neither, neither do so I. So like I'm not a I'm not a fan of smoking backwoods. But everyone in Vegas does. right? Yes. So I had this homie. Um, shout out to Gretzky. He would come to the crib and roll it these fat old woods like and I'm mean, used like and he would do this every morning every morning for like two weeks straight. Come to my house and roll four like three or four gram backwoods. Jeez. Sometimes like five grams or I'm not. And it's the first time he did this, it was only like two of us in the, like no there was a lot of us in the room. But then afterwards, it would just be me and him, and this is this is just how he smokes. Like he smokes that many woods, that fat back to back all the time. So he'd yeah. come to my house like noon in the morning, bro, until eventually, bro, I cannot stand this shit. Like does fucking backwoods. So then after that, um, I went back to just smoking like hella bowls, and like I smoke a bowl, I'm cool. Like was well, like realistically, like I smoke a bowl and, and I'm cool. Like no do anything. So then I was just. Oh. As I been smoking a little less lately, <laughs> so is that like your main way of smoking? It's like yeah, i smoke I smoke bowls um and eat edibles i have I have some amazing edible flux um through culture and cannabis shit yeah. um some amazing and edibles don't normally get me um, and like didn't used to, but then I found out that they make edibles from distilllate, mm-hmm. and have you ever had one of those yeah yeah, those bitches are crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about
0: the difference. What 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 is that, Tony? What, what, what? Uh,
1: So, the, um, you can, I mean, you can make uh, edibles in multiple ways, like with f- actual flour, right? Yeah. Or you can make it with, like, concentrate, like a distillate. Yes. And it's a lot stronger when you make
2: it with a distillate. Yeah, man. So, like, if you do, if you you take edibles, you know, you make edibles, you make uh, weed can of butter, you make can of yeah. oil, whatever, and it's a great way. Um, It takes... Like an hour for that to kick in in your body, and you your the high is, is, is pretty good depending on what you take. Um, and it lasts, um, but that dissolute high, it's like if you if you smoke, it's like taking dabs, yeah, but in edible form, exactly. Um, so when you take that, I'm, damn near, first off, it's like I swear to you, in like 15 minutes, I'm like, bro, I'm high, what the hell, um, and then it just never goes it just keeps going up you're just like what the bro i had one i was in new york just recently i had a disled edible i only had half me my girl no i didn't have I had a fourth me my girlfriend both took fourths i was so high at this concert i was like bro i'm talking to god right now like it was so those edibles are pretty strong but i normally just i smoke and edibles Uh, yeah that's it a lot of so
1: other than sleeping, do you see any other benefits from using it?
2: Yeah, bro. There's a whole uh, well, of course, a lot of like uh, creative benefits. Yeah. Um, Talk about that. Yeah, man. Well, well, I I don't I want to say not that weed helps you it helps be creative, but it helps you pay attention to your own creativeness. A lot of times you doubt yourself. A lot of times you don't understand. Like you close doors in yourself that don't need to be closed. So it allows you to just uh see all the opportunities and see all the lanes i like to say that i don't smoke uh i like to say i don't smoke recreationally i smoke ceremonially um i smoke to get things done and i smoke when i'm in a place where i when i feel like i need guidance or i need help I smoke you know what i mean so yeah, like yeah. I, I i turn to myself to write music i'm like damn i'm stuck let me light up mm-hmm. um or like or like uh I had to there was a point where I was like I felt like I was like getting real big and I had to start working out. I hate working out, bro. I hate working out. I hate running. I hate all that shit. Um but I was like let me smoke Cause I and then I like I smoke and like I pray and then I go for a run like mm-hmm. um say so yeah, I I think smoking weed has some great great you know bro I think you know I, and this is weird I'm getting low key like religious but I think in the in the Bible I think when he's talking about the forbidden fruit I think it's weed. You think so? One hundred percent, bro. Yeah. It makes you makes
1: you more conscious of yeah. what's going on. No,
2: yeah, because no, and I I had this epiphany when I was high off the edible last time. <laughs> so I was like, I was convinced. I was like, God told me this, man. So I felt Impossible. like not because um I, don't, I don't, I'm not too keen, but I know that when they ate the forbidden fruit, it was talking about good and evil, and that's what it was. Now you can see good for evil, and we're not supposed to know good for evil. You ever smoke too much weed and you just get paranoid? Oh yeah. Like real paranoid, but about it could nothing have to do anything right now. But you might be you're paranoid about suddenly I'm aware of everything I've done wrong ever. <laughs> I'm like, Oh shit, yeah. hold on. So um, I went something like that. I was like, bro, I do not. So I, I'm have I'm a firm believer, and that's crazy though. For those of y'all that don't know, if you ever get that paranoid, you smoke too much. I know you can't overdose on weed, but that's how you overdose on weed. Like your THC, that's what it does to your body. When you get that paranoid, yo, you guys just stop smoking or take some cbd yeah go to bed yeah just go like it's so um but and i think that's a good reason because if you're aware if you're able to be aware of what you're doing wrong you're not going to do those things wrong again. true you know what i mean and so that that you can take the paranoia and be like a bad thing but i know personally when if i ever get paranoid um a lot of times you just got to get that shit off your chest right yeah and once you get that shit off, you are suddenly unparanoid. So the thing is, if you smoke weed and you didn't do shit wrong, you're not going to feel paranoid. But if you did something wrong, you might feel bad. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's why I think weed is a forbidden fruit. Either that or mangoes. I got a lot of theories. <laughs> <laughs> What's the theories on mangoes? Cause you, ever, you know how you eat a mango and you get higher? I've never, no, I never, I never, I never. Never, never. Wait, done that. y'all are stoners and y'all don't know that.
0: Mm-mm.
2: Okay, so that's a, it's a scientific fact. Someone got to pull it up for me, but
0: it's that kind of like vitamin C with? Uh, yeah, it's, it's,
2: I, I don't uh, know. I, it's like I, I know a bunch of like random facts. I, like yeah. call them like the bottom of the planner facts because I didn't pay attention <laughs> in school. But you know, they got the facts in the bottom of the yeah. planner. I would just memorize shit like that. But mangoes. Is something that it, it it goes with THC and it actually makes you higher. So it, it might be is, the
1: terpenes in in the mangoes that that help. I don't know if that's the right word, but they might be like the.
2: Yeah right. So if you if next time like one of my favorite things is I just get high and then go get like a mango smoothie, and that should oh, I'm about bro. to do that after this. That's that, that that's, <laughs> know, right. that's like that's that's what I do. So I would say it's between mangoes or that, and that's because of weed. those those both <laughs> those things that was doing yeah, weed and <laughs> Rastafarians <laughs> believe the higher you are, the closer you are to God. Uh, I, I could believe that. Yeah, I, I I I'm I man, I smoke a lot of weed too. So. A lot of people think about that like uh with
1: DMT, right? Like you can, you know, see. see- me,
2: I am cool off to D and just bro, one guy i am I'm I'm just scared of that. I like I like weed and like that dislike edible was damn near too much for me the other night. So like um but but yeah, that's I think I think, but, but they're all psychedelics, and every psychedelic, like, how that paranoia effect, every psychedelic can have its benefits, but then they also have their, like, if you if you abuse a psychedelic, they'll, your psychedelic will let you know you're, you're abusing it. Oh, you you yeah. can't DMD too much, because that shit will tell you, now nah, you gotta get the fuck out of here, like, um, yeah. so, then that, that's the right thing I was at with the weed, when I was like, hey, you too high right now, you're way too high, like, <laughs> fuck that. That's how I am with the edibles. I can't even do the edibles. Yeah, it's just too much for me. See, I, it, I get paranoid on it.
1: Uh, well, and a lot of people too with the edibles is um, if you have acid reflex, it's really hard to get high yeah, on edibles.
2: Yeah, that that's how my body is. That's oh, why yeah, that, I have, have, that's why I take the dissolute ones.
1: Yeah, because the if you like the flower ones, which are you know I'm not as strong as the dissolute ones, will get um, burned up by the you know the acid, so they won't get into your bloodstream and won't get you fucked up. The but more you the melt. Dis- me.
2: The dissolute ones will get you fucked up. Yeah, though. those, bro. And disillant, you can put it. And, and there, and here's the thing. I thought I was something for like one. I took one of those edibles and I was like, oh, I messed up. I was on the bus the other day. And I met this hippie guy. And he's, he's like, yeah, this weed we got today is so pussy. I've never heard anybody say that. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, the weed you guys got today is so pussy. I remember back in my day. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, so this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm like, well, so what did you used to do? He was like, yeah, we used to get the dislit from on the plants. I'm like okay. He's like yeah. We used to mix it in the
0: vodka shots.
2: I'm like the fuck are y'all doing? No. Like that not That just sounds like death. Like yeah, it
0: sounds like that's the bus life, bro. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> right. He's, like, yeah, yeah, we're real hippies. I was like, yeah, you got that
1: one, bro. I'm cool. Are you uh you dispensary guy? What dispensaries do you got here around
2: town? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know I don't think I've ever been to any dispensaries ever newly. Um, let's see.
1: Yeah. When you when you go to the dispensary,
2: what what do you pick up usually? I pick up ounces. Oh, okay. A full ounces. Fuck it. Time. Yeah, no, because I have a whole lot of, like, um, oh, it's, I, I was smoking in my house. People always come to me for weed. Um, like, there was, people know I have, bro, before I had weed, people knew I had weed. Like, yeah. people, when I was young, I have dreads, and I've always had dreads. People used to pull over their cars and be like, bro, I know you know where the weed's at. I'd be like, 12 <laughs> years old, I know I don't know where the weed's at. But they, they would tell me that I do, so I'm like, all right so nowadays like my crib like my mom smokes mad weed and i smoke my benefits of marijuana um when i was my mom always has worked four jobs she has three kids um and she raised us by herself um so she's always worked like i didn't see my mom she used to work go to work at at uh midnight get home at midnight go to work at three in the morning um so when i graduated my senior year in high school she got diagnosed with chronic migraines Mm. Chronic, she had to stop working. My mom stopped working, we're like, What the fuck? But she had to um, because she couldn't do shit. Like, she'd she'd be in tears and this and that. Oh, yeah, my grandson, no joke. So, and at the time, um, at the time, my mom was always super stressed out. Like, she worked for a fucking job. So, one time I got home from school. I don't want to say I got the shit smacked out of me this night, but like, uh, I came in and, and she was going off on me. I just came in the house. You know how your mom is. She's going off. Yeah, I just came in the house. And I snapped back. I shouldn't have snapped back. I know that. should I said <laughs> it. It happens. Yeah, you no, know, it did, bro. Yeah, I was, it was like teenage years. I, of course. So, hormones. So I I snapped back and I was like, Mom, you need to just smoke a blunt or something. I, I said that to my mom, bro. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble after. So I think like she smacked the shit out of me. But the next day, I came home and the house just smelled like weed. Like, oh, and it was, first I thought it was me. Like, I came home, and I ran to my my room. Like I was awesome. like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Like, um but it wasn't. And then I noticed, I was like, oh, where's my Bro, i seen her. She's blazed out of her mind. She was happy as hell, and she's like, my head don't hurt. And ever since, and the thing is, she went to so many doctors. They were giving her all these medications, and all that. None of that shit worked, bro. Oh, she yeah. was still having just pain, wasn't going to work in this. So then, now my mom is the the weed advocate, the weed mama. That's like, awesome. she doesn't. So that yeah man so yeah that's amazing dude yeah, yeah i have a great cannabis story yeah, i love i say i love weed for making my mama happy man <laughs> that shit is beautiful shout man. out i'm stressed yeah, out bro yeah, she's super chill now right yeah bro like it's a whole different the whole different person like it's beautiful It's it's a
0: beautiful thing man yeah weed <laughs> weed nice yeah, well that's dope, man. Listen, we, we appreciate you having us. Man, our, I thank uh, y'all yeah, for having me. You want to plug anything
2: before we uh um, sign off? Uh you already know what it is. It's your boy R. E. D. You can find me on Instagram at one M R E D. It's I'm Red, but with the one. Um, look, I just got a whole lot of new music coming out, whole lot of things. Follow me on Instagram because when it comes out, I need you to see it. So I appreciate y'all and shout outs to God. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's right.
1: it. yeah dude. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I'm man. Here.
0: Thank y'all. I
2: appreciate
0: it. All right, man. Well, You good? I'm great. Episode one in the books. Yes sir. Right. Lit. (laughs) Peace.